This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is Betting Weekly Premier League Show. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, alongside me, Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. Match week 25 of England's top division this season with the best plays from Saturday through until Monday. European club football restarted, of course, this week. The schedules for the top clubs and some not-so-good ones as well have got a little bit busier. I note, fellas, that both of you have swerved any team that's played midweek just gone or scheduled to play uh, next week. Is that a conscious thing, uh, Nigel? Is it something that betters should be wary of? Is it a watching brief at the moment when the European action resumes? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Well, I broke down the stats for the last 37 seasons on teams uh, who played in midweek. In the... No, I didn't. It was a completely coincidence. <laughs> it was Do you know, complete... you had me there for a minute. You absolutely had me. <laughs> it was on. a complete <laughs> coincidence. There was no there was no skill or knowledge going into that of just something that, that it didn't happen to be in my best bets this weekend. So I would like to bring you some brilliant answers to the test that anyone who plays on Wednesday in February doesn't win the next game or only covers the spread by a certain amount. But unfortunately, I can't. But I know Jack would have put a lot more work in than me. Jackie? I only went 35 years, so um, <laughs> you beat me there, to be honest with you. But uh, no, I think, yeah, you take it into account. We've said it before that there's elements that you go, oh, they've got this coming up or they've just been there. So I think um, with the likes of Man City, they obviously went in Europe this week. They've also got a midweek game uh, next week uh, as well in the league. So uh, there's elements there to think that when Man City can win a game and then possibly put the handbrake on and, and cruise, then that limits a lot of the markets that you can play. And, and also they're playing Chelsea, which means it could be absolutely anything. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it, it gets busy and managers always complain about schedules. I've got, I've got a schedule question for you right at the end of the show as well. Um, but I think it's something that better just have to be aware of. I um, think the other thing, though, on. just one other thing, Dan, I think the other thing is that the teams who are playing in European football and the teams that are playing in the cup competitions are the top end of English football. Mm. So you're only talking about fixture congestions for the likes of Manchester City, the likes of Liverpool, the likes of Arsenal are doing well. And as we've seen this season, if you wanted to make money... But what, what about Brighton? Look at Brighton, though, this season. You know, well, that's one. You're picking one. You yeah. know? I mean, you're picking West Ham? one. Well, West Ham aren't playing this midweek. I mean, they, they were probably... Well, neither are Brighton, but, you know, yeah, just, but, it's but, just a... But this this thing here is, I just think that the, the, those three sides are so good anyway. And and the real, and the, the majority of the time we don't put them in the show on this pick each week is because they're starting matches at minus $5 and minus yeah. $6. So, you know, when you, when you get the fixture list and you have to pick your best three bets on the handicap, you pretty much don't even look at their matches when they play the top mm. side. You look for any, you can find the value. But this season, if you just did a parlay each week, Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester City. I, I, I don't think you'd be losing much money, to be fair. So, mm. um, you know, I, I think it's it, it, people complain about the success and the fixture congestions. Well, Man City go on a charge at this time of the year and win, 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 win. So it doesn't really matter to them. They've got so many players and so many players who can cover. So, yeah, I mean, it might be important for Brighton when they come back and go deep in the competition. But at this moment of time, the three teams that are in action this midweek or the three British sides, two British sides that are playing this midweek, you would expect them to 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 win pretty easily. 
Uh, two teams not in European action uh, this midweek or next, although West Ham will be shortly. Our Forest and West Ham, they're both in pretty poor form domestically at the moment. This is 10 a.m. Eastern for our first play. Forest plus 138, West Ham plus 190, draw plus 260 here. A lot of West Ham fans uh, left at half time when their side was 4-0 down at Arsenal uh, last weekend. Ever left a game? Uh, before the end, Nigel. Presuming, of course, you get there in the first place. I said, that's I've, the, the hardest part is getting there. Believe <laughs> I've missed a lot of matches. I've never come out for second halves many times. Many times I've gone into the, to the hospital. I, me and Jack missed the second half of last will be man. Did you really? Season that was the biggest game of the season. We stayed in the hospitality bar. Um, I've gone to Wembley matches and not come out for the second half, and had to ring my lad up to find out what the score was. So I, when I got asked questions at home, I knew who scored the goals. I've, I've, I went to Wimbledon the other day against Mansfield. It was 2-1 to Wimbledon. I didn't see one goal. <laughs> many times, many times. We missed the first times. goal of the second half last week. I was going to say, Jack, did you goal. did you, did you you stick it out when Nigel was giving you grief at Loftus Road last week? I think it was a, it was a roller coaster, wasn't it? It was, it was. Like a perfect perfect game for a little bit of a uh, little bit of footage from it. It was ups and downs and it ended up all, all, all level. So we all played nicely. <laughs> uh, what have you got for us at Forest West Ham, Nigel? Uh, I well, I this is a very, very difficult one to assess. I mean, West Ham are just the one team. There's many teams in the Premier League this season that we're already into the latter part. You know, they don't call the season remaining. Still, nobody knows what's going to you expect from them. Fulham are one of them. West Ham are one of them. Brighton are one of them. Chelsea, Manchester United, Wolves. I mean, Brentford. That middle section, you just really have no idea what is going to turn up here. Um, I've pretty much, as you said, both teams are in terrible form. Forest haven't won in eight. Uh, West Ham haven't won in seven, no wins in seven. The difference between the two of them, though, is that Forest have been scoring goals. They've scored nine goals in their last six matches and only won one of those. So you can see where the problem lies here. The problem lies in not in Forest's defence. Um, when the manager come in, the new manager come in, as he decided to ch- change it, we, he's gone off a little bit on the front foot, much more attack-minded. They were missing more t- um, players than any other team on the African Cup of Nations. They're all back. Awoni's back as well. I mean, he's going to make a big, big difference in front of goal. Um, and on the on the flip side to West Ham, West Ham just are struggling to score goals at the moment. I mean, Jared Bowen has been in and out with injuries, and he hasn't. Antonio hasn't been replaced. There is a chance they may play out, start on the bench this week, but without them, it's a huge goal threat. They haven't scored in their last two matches. Now, usually when a team gets beat six 0 you think they're going to have a little bit of a bounce back, but when you break this match down, it's an absolutely massive, massive, massive match. For Nottingham Forest, a huge, huge game. Um, last season, we we praised them for their home record and saying how great they were at home. I think outside the top six in the Premier League, they had the best home record from anyone. They were the best team in this bottom half, for sure. But the problem is now is that they're not very good at home. They've got the 16th best home record. Only Crystal Palace, Luton, Sheffield United and Burnley are worse than them. So do you trust them at home again with that crowd, that atmosphere? Or do you think... You know that their time has come. Well, I, I, I still trust them. I still give them. A, I think when they're on their day for us, I think they've got goals in them, and I think they're exciting at home. And I believe here again, we speak about teams at this time of the season. I've got it wrong last week, and you know I said Fulham are a side that you want to fade. West Ham wouldn't be far off that now. You know they're. they're, they're I know David Moyes under pressure, but their performance levels have dropped massively. Calvin Phillips has come into the side. Doesn't look at all fit. Doesn't look sharp. Actually made them look a worse team when he was in it. They don't have any goals. West Ham are a side that raised their game against bigger sides. They've beaten Tottenham, they've beaten Arsenal, and they've beaten Brighton on the road. All, all went to them places and won. But when they play the, the lesser sides, they don't seem to do it so much. So I'm, I'm going to go for um, Forest here to win the match. Um, 
I think they're back to squ- they're back to more or less full strength. They have goals in them against the West Ham side that don't have goals, and I think that uh, that six nil defeat is a huge, huge. Um, well, the manner of defeat was so poor. I mean, the players, the team walking out. I think that it's a great thing for for West Ham to be on the road, but I just feel that the need for Nottingham Forest is there, and I do believe that they're a little bit better than their league position. I think on a one-off match, Forest can win this match, and I'm going to go for Forest to win this at plus one thirty-eight. I know, and West Ham did win the reverse reach to three-two, which was an entertaining game, but that was uh, a West Ham side that were flying at the time, and Forest was struggling with the old manager, and now at home in a must-win match, two out-of-form sides. I think the morale boost, morale def- defeat, the, the morale loss of that defeat will really give uh, West Ham some problems. So I'm going to go for Nottingham Forest here to get the win, and I think a rather nice price of plus 138. I'll one tell you what West Ham are as well. Go on. West Ham just aren't able to defend set pieces this season. Um been throughout the campaign. They let in um, two... Both Arsenal centre-backs scored against them last week. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, the likes of Winnie will have a bit of a field day, I think, there. It's unlike a David Moyes side, unlike a West Ham side, when you look at some of the players they've, they've got there to defend those those set-pieces. But they're just all over the place. So I think that's a massive opportunity. If you're letting goals in from set-pieces, you're always going to struggle. And I think, yeah, Forrest can definitely exploit that with the delivery from Morgan Gibbs-White. That could be crucial. Uh, David Moyes has won uh, a Premier League match at 37 different stadia, not at the city ground, incidentally. Uh, which four managers have won at more grounds? Premier League only. Which four manager? Currently now. More, more, they're currently uh, managing now. They're not currently managing now, no. Premier League. None of, none of them are. Premier League. Ferguson and he's won. Wenger. Wenger is another. Yes. Your turn. Um... <laughs> Come on. Successful managers of the Premier League era. Mourinho. Mourinho. One more. Uh, Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp. Oh, yes. there you go. Very, very good from you two for oh, a change. I'll take the surprise at that. Uh, Newcastle. That was another easy question. <laughs> when you actually think about it, it's really bloody obvious. Harry Redknapp was the big call. So really, it was yeah. another really poor question. You're a much better host than your quiz master. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I don't like these quiz. Ask a difficult question. Four managers. I've got, a, I've, most I've got a harder one later for you. I've got oh, a harder one later. You'll need to do uh, some proper research into these <laughs> questions. Newcastle Bournemouth uh, next for us. Another 10am uh, Saturday morning Eastern kickoff here. Newcastle minus 125. Bournemouth plus 310. Uh, draw plus 320. Goals galore, Jack, with Newcastle at the moment. Uh, last six have gone over three and a half. Um, that's obviously factored in to the prices on the usual lines. You've gone for an Asian play here. Yeah, over three Asian total here, at, uh, minus 124. Um, I'll be honest, I found this week quite tricky as far as the fixtures were concerned um, for some of the reasons we've already talked about. But one stood out, which we'll come on to later. Uh, and maybe I've taken a little bit of an easy way out with my other two picks is that I've just gone for goals. As we've talked about all season, there's been goals galore in the Premier League. We set a record a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so this game looks like it's going to follow that kind of trend. As you say, Newcastle have seemingly forgotten how to defend. Last season's success was built on Nick Pope and the back four. Strong, resolute, weren't conceding goals. Clean sheets galore. Um, it's not been the case this time round at all. They've conceded 10 in their last three at home. Uh, and bearing in mind that oh, Man City was one of those. There was three goals in that one they conceded. But Forrest got three there. Luton got four there in a 4-4 draw last time at St. James's mm. Park. Uh, Bournemouth will be licking their lips at an opportunity to get stuck in in this one. Um, Newcastle's last six games have all seen over three and a half goals. 
17 of that 24 this season in total has, have been over two and a half goals. And of course, a reminder that if we hit three goals here, uh, the worst we've got is a push. So three exactly gets us a full refund on our stake four or more goals, then uh, we're, we're cashing. So looking at the over three and a half goal market, which would get us the win here, 14 of their games this season have seen over three and a half goals, which is incredible. And Bournemouth aren't too far behind. They have 16 or 23 over two and a half. So again, getting us to at least to that push level. And then 10 um, of, of, so 10 of their 12 away have seen that and eight have seen over three and a half. So loads and loads of goals in these sides games Newcastle's games have seen the most goals across the whole season so far averaging 3.75 and and I say these two rank first and fourth as far as the amount of goals scored are concerned so it just seems that it's a perfect matchup as far as that's concerned Um, Bournemouth have shown frailties down down wide areas Newcastle got strong players in wide areas Anthony Gordon's back fit and uh, he he could be a key player in this one I think uh, they seemingly always seem to be able to find at least one striker and they've got a good good stable of strikers so they've got one that's fit and can score the goals obviously we saw Gimaraish pop up with a couple of goals last time out as well so goals throughout the side with Longstaff and they also a threat from set pieces with their defenders as well and Bournemouth forgot Solanke of course and I think a key thing for Solanke going from here until the end of the season is that he'll want to get on that plane for Germany he'll want to be getting on that um, be in the Euro squad um, for the t- tournament in the summer and he knows he's got a bit of stiff competition there he's going to have to score goals so he's missed out for a couple of weeks I think uh, so from here on in he's going to really look to try and make sure he's hitting the headlines and scoring goals and he should have a good chance against this Newcastle side and it seems sides are now targeting Dan Byrne out at left back uh, as, a, as a real area that they can exploit with the smaller, trickier players, given that he's about seven foot five. So I think there's a lot of areas that we, we can see exploited in this game. Newcastle have seen both teams score in each of their last six games. So when both teams are contributing to the score sheet and we know Bournemouth can score goals, then that will generally lead to at least three. Um, and so I think this is a, a decent play here over three Asian minus 124. Yeah, Solanke plus 575 to get the first goal and plus 175 just to score at any time, which makes a bit of appeal. 51 Premier League goals in 24 matches for Newcastle, earliest into a top flight season that they've hit 50 or more since 1960-61. That was on the uh, 23rd game of the campaign, 23rd of December. Nigel, what was number one in the UK? 1960, 23rd of December. 1960, Dale Dale Shannon, runaway. (laughs) No. Christmas number one. Do you know, I've got it wasn't to go. the it, it wasn't the Christmas number one. I, I had to look at this. It was the twenty third must have fallen on a whatever day it must have fallen on. It wasn't was Christmas it? number one. It was it was Elvis. Oh, right. Okay. Well, another easy you, one. Another you, easy. You, if you give me three you, guesses, you would go Elvis. Another easy one. <laughs> Come on. And what what song? Uh, Love me tender. No. I'm all shook up. No. What is it? It's no one. This could be this could be never if you carry on singing. The one thing I, I you know the the one thing I have got tickets to in my next gig is I've got tickets to go and see Nick Pope in the back four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four. He's on the Shepherd's Bush at the moment. Support, yeah. Nick, Shepherd's Bush Empire. Nick Pope in the back four. Great, great night out. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, in, in, indie band. They're a little They're bit very yeah, good. Quiet right. taste. <laughs> Bournemouth, incidentally, second most profitable over two and a half team away from home this season. 33% return on investment. Good play from Jack. And we go again with uh, another Asian over three, Jack, with Sheffield United versus Brighton. This is Sunday at 9am. Brighton, of course, playing the following. Oh, no, they're not playing the following Thursday. I don't know why this game is on the, the, on Sunday, but it is. Sheffield United hey, plus 318. 
Well, yeah, I suppose it is, but you know, it's not the most glamorous of uh, of. Uh... Well, what would that be? Two o'clock games on, on Sunday in England. But anyway, talk us who you play. You've gone for the same again. It's on because it's going to be a goal fest. That's the reason why. It must um, be. Yeah, yeah, it gone... must be a cracker. <laughs> I've gone for exactly the same play. Over three Asian in this one. Um, Sheffield United. Um, I think Chris Wilder's taken uh, taken a little bit of a lead from his namesake, Deontay Wilder. Uh, he's If he's going to go down, he's going to go down swinging. That's for certain. Since he's come into the club, they looked a little bit scared under Heckenbottom. Um, these two sides met. It was a 1-1 draw. And I think Heckenbottom was trying to grind his way to safety. And it clearly wasn't working. They were just getting beaten week in, week out. And it wasn't really even keeping it that tight, to be fair. And Wilder's coming in and it seemingly said, well, we're just going to give it a go. And the perfect correlation is that is in the FA Cup tie between these two sides uh, not too long ago. Um, Sheffield United scored two, but unfortunately they let in five. So a seven-goal thriller there. Um, and that's been the, the the theme of the last eight games uh, for Sheffield United and under under Wilder. Seen 36 goals across that period of time, uh, so an average of four and a half goals per game, um, and that did, did include that five-two cup loss uh, to Brighton. Um, and when you look at Brighton, we know again over the course of the season what we get under Deserby is that open football, it's that attacking football. It's been the case for him before he was at Brighton. It's going to be the case during his stay here and then after as well, wherever he ends up going. So, um, again, showing that open nature, they've gone to a side recently uh, in Luton that we can say are relatively comparable to Sheffield United and got stuffed 4-0, Luton's best win of the season. And Sheffield United will take heart from that. Brighton have lost half their league games away from home this season. So they are there to be got at. And you think the Sheffield United side with a full house at Bramall Lane will be going for it and look to be aggressive and and, and look to cause them problems. Um, again, their issue, of course, is that they concede so many goals. Uh, Sheffield United conceded 60 goals so far this season in 24 league games. And the good thing for this bet is it's an even split, really. But <laughs> 31 of those have been at home. So um, it's it's goals galore with Bramall Lane, not necessarily in the right end. But with this bet, of course, we don't care where they go. Uh, I do think that both teams will contribute. Uh, Sheffield United have only kept one clean sheet all season. Brighton have only got two. So it would appear, again, like I mentioned in the previous one, there will be goals at both ends, which means we're really on the door for that three Asian and uh, locking in at least the refund. Bet this to go over that, uh, I say, with what is on offer from both sides, especially how leaky, leaky they are at the back. As far as Brighton's success is concerned, we saw Sheffield United allow Luton uh, so much space in wide areas. They chose to cross the ball into the box. Brighton like to exploit those wide areas. They like to play their way into the box. And I think that will cause problems for Sheffield United, certainly. And also, they're terrible from defend defending set pieces. And Brighton, again, another side. Pascal Gross on the free kicks and corners. The likes of Lewis Dunk getting on the end of those balls into the box, I think, can cause havoc in that Blades back line. So, yeah, over three Asian, a total for me. No one versus Manchester, Manchester United. Just, just go one on. thing we're going to go on. Every game, more or less, this week is three goals. So it's a really, really a big, the big weekend in the Premier League for basically our overs and under betters. I mean, we, we everyone this season, it's a very, very common debate that we're talking about the over and unders, but really it's now going up to the line that you see for the season. Now, you've got yourself a predicament here. You've got to think to yourself, what, does this trend continue and you have to pay enhanced price at three, three and a quarter? Or do you think I've got to pay some unders? This match here that, that I was actually contemplating playing the unders, actually, it was one of my, on my shortest. Not my first reaction, uh, uh, 
Jack has broken it down brilliantly, but I, my first reaction was initially for an underplay. Then obviously you look, you look deep into it, but it's a really, really big week for the overbetters because the market is now caught up. So now it's three, three and a quarter. Some matches are three and a half. You, you know, I, I, you, you are playing the very high lines. You will be cashing, but I'm a, I'm a little bit uneasy about three and a half lines. You know, I'd rather take. If you were playing, I'd rather take a, a, a heavier line on minus uh, over two and a half than, than a three and a half line. So the days of two and a half in the Premier League the, uh, recently have gone. They've all gone. These matches are now three goals per game. And it's really a crucial day whether you, you think the trend will continue or you think, you know, that, that's enough. They, they can't continue like this. So it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, we, t- we touched on it last week. I mean, there's been more 3-2 score lines already this season than the whole of last season. And there's been a lot fewer 2-0 score lines. There's, you know, th- there's got to be an angle in somewhere, um, but I'm not quite sure what it is. I mean, correct scores have gone wild with with an awful lot of different scores that we don't usually see, but that's because mm-hmm. there's about 10% difference um, positively for, for goals backers this season. Anyway, Luton versus Manchester United, Sunday 11.30 uh, Eastern. Luton plus 310, Manchester United minus 125, the draw plus 310. When this bet was put in the WhatsApp group last night, uh, there were audible gasps of excitement across all of us. It was Valentine's Day after all, Mm. uh, Nigel. You put it up first. This is going to be smashed in, isn't it? This This is United to win you. This this is not going to, I don't even know what it is now, but this is not going to be minus 125 at kickoff. Well, it all depends really on Saturday's results because I can imagine a lot of parlays being put in with Manchester United. If if the if the Bet Rivers have got a bit of money in the pocket, they might want to keep the price and take them on. But if if they give it away on Saturday, they might want to on the early kickoffs. They may want to move the price. But I think, in all intents and purposes, I think Manchester United will be bet here. I mean, Luton have been the fairy tale story of the Premier League. You know, they they they've been brilliant in their approach to to, to the way they play football. But let's be quite honest about it. It's not really got much. I know they're, they're doing a little bit better than what many people have suggested. And if they do stay up, it's, it's considered a bit of a miracle. Everyone expected to be low points. But when you look at the performances they've got, they've always been found out against the bigger sides. I mean, Arsenal three, uh, 4-3, Man City 2-1, Chelsea 2-3. I know they drew with Liverpool 1-1. But in all those matches, they had chances to win it. And they only come away with one point. So, you know, we, we, we were looking at their result and they were, what, 4-2 four, four, up against Newcastle, weren't they? And then it got pegged back to 4-4 four, four as well. So... They've been brilliant to watch, but they haven't really got the results. And then you remember their last match was the most disappointing performance of the season. They started favourites for the first time, as you pointed out, Dan, and they, they, and it didn't justify that favouritism tag, and they got beaten at home by Sheffield United. And now they play Manchester United for the first time this season and looking quite good, scoring lots of goals. I mean, unbeaten in six, haven't lost this year, scored at least two in all those games. They went to Villa and won, went to Wolves, won, won their last four. Um, road matches. So I'm amazed that Man United are minus 125. I mean, if this was the start of the season, if it was the opening day of the season, I think you'd probably be looking at minus 225, minus 250 for Manchester United. Um, if it was played at the end of the year, possibly, I don't know, minus 160, minus 170 Manchester United. And I think there is kind of a love affair with Luton, with the, with the betters. They like them and they, they think that, you know, and they, they remember their, 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 their galvanite, the way they play, the way they go forward and the way they've got no fear and score goals, but they haven't really got the results. And Man United at the best form of, their, of, the, of the season, looking well, he's got a settled team now. He seems to know what he's doing. Harry Maguire's playing a lot better. You know, I know they're giving goals away, but Maguire looks back. He, he was, he was looked at an absolute car crash, didn't he, at the very start of the season, really nervy. And they've got something about them now. And, and you know, I know Luton beat Brighton 4-0, but 
last week, that defeat there really sort of would have brought them back to earth. And now they play Man United. They seem to be raising their games. And I can imagine for the first 20 minutes, they'll be at Man United. Like you wouldn't believe. But I just think that as the game goes on, United will show their class here. And minus 125 is, is, a, is a big price. And talking of number ones, in 1987 was the last time that Luton won, uh, Man United got beaten by Luton. I know they haven't played many times. They're probably about sort of 10 times in that period. Man United pretty much won all of them. They won the reverse fixture in a pretty... Poor performance by Man United, but they did manage to win it 1-0. And number one in 1987, 14th of March. What was that? 1987? Did the young blood. Nope. Uh, new order. We're in all strangers to love. <laughs> <laughs> you know the rules. And so do I. Never going to give you up. And, and if Man United, uh, do, if Luton do lose this match, it could be time to give them up. I love Ultravox. Yeah. <laughs> that um, means nothing to me. That comment. Oh no! Stop it! That's that's Hang on a minute. Just wait there, ladies. He's and got gentlemen. the red card. For the, for the red card. Trying to find the red card. This is the blue the card. Blue card. Oh, <laughs> no. The blue card has come out for the first time ever. Um, Luton have covered. Um, with a plus one and a half every single game bar Sheffield United. They were favourites. They were minus money to beat Sheffield United last week. Mm. Jack, I mean, you're going the same play. I've just checked on Bet River site. It's still minus 125. It'll be backed in. I think this is an absolute giveaway. What can you add um, to the to the Man United love in here? To be fair, there's not much more to add to that. It's exactly the same thought processes that, yeah, Luton have been very, very good this season, better than many expected to be, kept in games, gave sides a tough battle, but that don't mean you're winning games. And so we've reeled off there or Nigel has the, they've lost those games, uh, albeit closely, which is fine. Um, you can't really take them on a plus handicap on this particular one because of the prices we talked about, which means we take advantage of Man United because I expect them to win. They might only win by a goal. We only need them to win full stop, regardless if that's by one or by five. So happy to say that they are showing that consistency now. They've obviously got the, the one of the best commodities in football, in soccer, is the fact that you've got a striker with confidence. He scored in each of his last five games now in, in Choyland. So that's good news for them. Their key players are firing. Ganacho's looking like a, a great talent for them and who's now getting regular game time as well. Nigel mentioned him. I was going to mention him. I think the key player in this one for Man United is Harry Maguire. This is his perfect game. If he's got tricky, skillful, pacey uh, defenders that like to run in and spin off him and run in behind, he looks a little bit all at sea. You know what Luton are going to do? They're going to be banging it into the big lads up front and he'll get his big slab head on it. And that's exactly what he wants. And that's exactly when he's at his best. Um, Luton flung in over 40 crosses against Sheffield United in that last game. If they go down a similar route, which is kind of the way they play, then that's where Harry Maguire will come to the fore. So I think they'll get that sorted out um, and that will be a key element. He has a good game. Then United absolutely uh, are, are very much strong favourites in this. I think the last time United went off odds on uh, um, at minus money away from home this season was Sheffield United away in October and they've been uh, plus money ever since. So uh, this is the first time. But as we said, we expect them to be a lot um, you know, this is great value from from my point of view, from what I was expecting them to be at. So, absolutely right. Um, and again, Nigel mentioned the fact that uh, the fact that Luton will give it a go, throw the kitchen sink at it in the opening stages. Absolutely, that's what they do, and it's vital for United to take the sting out of the tie. And they are the only side in the Premier League that are yet to go in at half-time trailing. They've either been drawn or winning, so that bodes well for the fact that they will be able to keep it tight and either nick a goal to get in front or say at least take it in at level at half time and then go and kill the game off in the second half. 
I just just want to add a couple of things there uh, to this one as well. Um, in the reverse fixture, okay, so when uh, Manchester United went to loot and Manchester United were sorry, Manchester United at home to loot were minus four dollars to win the match uh, in that reverse fixture. Arsenal and the same fixtures tip were playing Burnley and Arsenal were minus five dollars to win that match and Liverpool were playing Brentford and Liverpool were the same price as Man United minus four dollars. So Arsenal were minus $5 at home to Burnley. Man United minus $4 uh, at home to Luton. And uh, Liverpool were minus $4 to beat Brentford. In the reverse fixtures, Arsenal are minus three thirty-five to win at Burnley this weekend. And they were minus $5. Liverpool are minus one seventy-seven, And they were the same price as Man United. And minus, Man United are minus one twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, it, it, everywhere you look at this, it just looks the wrong price to me. Uh, first league meeting at Kenilworth Road since 1992. A 1-1 draw. The goal scorers for both sides, Luton and Man U, 1992. 1992, Mark Hughes. No, he did play. He went off at half-time. Tricky winger for United. Um, Sharp. Sharp, yes. And for Luton, old-fashioned centre-half. Mick Harford. Mick Harford. No, centre-half. Oh, centre-half. Centre-forward. Mick Harford. Centre-forward. Centre-forward. Everton Crystal Palace, Monday. 3 p.m. Eastern, Everton minus 150, Crystal Palace plus 460, draw plus 280. Roy Hodgson has never won a Premier League match at Goodison Park in 10 attempts. That's the stat. And Nigel, that's not going to change, is it, according to your play? That's presuming, of course, that Roy is going to be in charge for this game because it looks like Oliver Glasner is being lined up as his replacement. I think he probably will be in charge, but this will be the last match if they lose this match and I think they will lose this match and, and if they lose this match they are in serious serious trouble I think they're in serious trouble at the moment obviously we can't bet on the, the relegation because we've, we've spoken about it over the last few weeks Everton have got potentially another 10 point deduction coming their way you know, we, and it's all up in the air so this is a must must win for Everton Football Club if they win this match they're only two points be, be, behind Crystal Palace and they've got an opportunity to come out of the relegation zone I always say to you know people will say to you, oh, they need to win and they must win and people will turn around and say well that that's rubbish and I and I'm pretty much one of them people that okay it is a bit but they need to win it's factored in the price definitely factored in the price but what isn't factored in the price is two things the first thing is that this isn't unusual territory for Everton Everton have been this in this position the last three seasons and their home form has always got them out of trouble you know for three or four seasons Goodison Park will be absolutely rocking on Monday night. It will be an intimidating place to go and they will be really, really fired up for this one. And currently, uh, on my ratings, Crystal Palace are the worst team in the Premier League. They're even worse than Sheffield United. Those three players that they're missing are everything to this side. They played Chelsea uh, on Monday night and that was the worst half I've ever seen from a Chelsea team in the first half. They were absolutely dreadful. And Crystal Palace scored a worldie and in the second half, they, Chelsea didn't really have to do too much and they scored their heads went when they conceded and they scored they won the 3-1 but this Crystal Palace side is what the worst team currently in the Premier League we've spoken about the problems they have for a long long time in this show and they are so reliant on those three players you cannot believe how reliant they are so I looked at the money line it's a little bit too low for me but I went for Everton minus three quarters of a goal at minus 125 now half of that bet will be on Everton minus a half, and the other half will be on Everton minus one. So if Everton win 1-0 or win by any scoreline, we win half our stake. If they win by more than one, we collect on, on all the wager. You could bet Everton minus one at plus 120 if you want to get an extra bit of value in it, but I just want that Everton win because I think Everton will take anything, a 1-2-0. Uh, they've played each other three times this season. 
and Everton have won them all. Uh, they, they, sorry, Everton are unbeaten in them all. They beat Palace uh, 3-2 in a match that I went unders and it was pretty much over after 10 minutes, I think. Uh, that was a 3-2 win. They went to the cup game, which I was at. It was the worst game of football I've ever seen. It was nil-nil. <laughs> Everton won the, re the replay 1-0. Uh, they've got a brilliant record uh, of Everton at home to Crystal Palace. They're a bogey team with Crystal Palace. Palace haven't won in the last 10 years going here. Uh, and Everton, have, I know they've not been getting the results. They've been drawing a lot of games, but they've only been losing really against the big teams. If you look at their, they've only had one defeat at home in their last five Premier League matches, and that was against Manchester City. So you can forgive them that. Um, this is huge for Everton, huge for Everton. And they're playing a, a, a Palace side that are absolutely gone at the moment. And, I, I really do fear for Crystal Palace and I fear for Roy Hodgson because it's an end of a career and I just, I, this is not what any Crystal Palace fan wants to see that they're involved in a relegation battle, but a defeat here and they're banging it. And a defeat here, and I think without any sort of things off the field, I think Crystal Palace will go down. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for um, Everton to win this, minus 0.75 on the Asian handicap. Uh, it's minus 121 now. It was minus 125. It's better for us. I uh, wouldn't put you off betting Everton minus one at plus 120. And this is Monday night, and I just can't see Palace making that long journey back without anything. And I think it could be the end for Roy Hodgson with a defeat here. Only one team in the EPL is profitable to level stakes, betting unders two and a half market this season. And that team is, Jack? Well, Everton have had the most unders. Everton is the answer. Only oh. team, if you back them every single game, unders. Um, every other side, oh, yeah. overs. Um, quick look at the three matches involving the title uh, chasers, uh, those in the title race. Anyone going to slip up, do we think, here, Jack? We've got Liverpool away at Brentford and Nigel uh, rattled off the prices, uh, minus 180 or thereabouts, Liverpool. Arsenal are at Burnley, um, minus 335, and, and Man City at home to Chelsea, minus 305. Do you see anyone slipping up here? I don't, no. I think um, goals for Liverpool probably concede as well but I just think Brentford is so leaky at the back and Salah's obviously back in training so having him back in the squad even if he probably won't start but to have him off the bench if they need him is massive um, City at home Chelsea try and predict what Chelsea like is the tricky one but they were as Nigel said abysmal the other night against Crystal Palace and if they turn up like that against Manchester City it's a cricket score at half time um, and Pep will probably declare for sure but I think um, yeah Arsenal as well. Again, I think they'll they'll dominate Burnley, and uh, they, were, they, they were. I was tempted. I wanted to get Arsenal on side, but it's just the prices again. As we said at the top of the show, made that quite a tricky prospect. Um, although I expect all of them to win. Nigel, any anyone going to drop any points? Well, I mean, the the treble, the parlays actually got up a little bit. It, plus, it was plus one sixty eight. It's now currently plus one seventy one uh, with Bet Rivers, and I, I, I just, you know, we, not the worst, is it? That we're struggling to make like it pay you and these sort of in really difficult matches where we're not looking for it. And I think, you know, the obvious play is to bet those three each week because they're in a different league to everyone else. And to get plus 171, just on, looking at it now, I'm looking at it thinking, you know what, it's not, it's not a bad bet. Plus 171, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City. So, yeah, I don't expect anybody to to slip up. If there was going to be a slip up, it would be a, a draw for Liverpool. I haven't been convinced by Liverpool in the last couple of weeks. I thought the performance against Arsenal was really poor. So um, I'll be, I'm will be i worried about Liverpool. But if Salah comes back, then that's great for them. The team news is crucial on that much. But uh, I think Man City will, will do a number on Chelsea and I can't see Arsenal do, losing against Burnley because Burnley was all about physicality. It's not about that anymore. So they need to rough it up a little bit if they need to, uh, to, uh, to stop Arsenal who are flying. And, and just finally, there was a lot of chat or a little bit of chat last week about the scheduling and people suggesting if you go last when you're in the, tri the title race, 
it, it's it's more difficult. Is that true? Do you think, Nigel, all three play on Saturday here? Liverpool are out first, then Arsenal, then Man City. It, does it ramp it up if the other two win? Does it not matter if it's City? Does it matter if it's Arsenal or Liverpool? Is there anything in, in the scheduling here? I don't think it matters now. But I definitely think it makes a huge factor. Last month or yeah, the last last six games of the season, I think it makes it matter. There's still a lot. Of, there's still a lot of football to be played. As we've been sitting here talking, it's amazingly the the, the parlay's gone down to plus one sixty six. So is this office bugged or something? Very <laughs> <laughs> done something. It's, it's literally gone down to plus one sixty six online. Literally, while I've been talking about it, somebody, what's going on here? There must be something. And Man United <laughs> are being bet as well. Something's happening here. What have you done there here? Someone, someone's done something. <laughs> Jack, any scheduling? Do you think he's been lumbering his money on sitting there <laughs> tapping away <laughs> does it matter jack if you're if you're if you're a city fan arsenal fan do you want to go first do you want to get out of the way do you want to get the points on the board or as nigel says you know maybe april onwards yeah later on it obviously is crucial isn't it with these games if you've got a, a winnable one and you put a statement out there then um that it's nice to get off first and get the points on the board isn't it but going last and if the other two are dropped points then that's a big boost isn't it that's a big fill up if 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 for example they did do that then um, yeah, there's a it's a big opportunity for say City going going off with two draws in the other two games. Um, best bets before we wrap it up, Nigel. What's the best play this weekend? I think we're all in agreement. I think Manchester United at minus one twenty five to beat Luton is the best bet. Not probably one of the better bets of the season as well. Jack, yeah, echo. Are you saying that's a two unit play, Nigel? Uh, it's a two unit play because Jack picked it as well, isn't it? So, but if you if you pick it, it becomes a half a unit play. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nigel Jack the parlay in. <laughs> thanks for your company good luck with your picks that is a wrap for match day 25 of betting weekly Premier League show we're back of course next week with more EPL picks and plays make sure you stay across all of our content and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well from all of us now though it is goodbye <laughs>